With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Well, my thanks to the Senate president uh, here in Massachusetts, Karen Spilka. And again, uh, you know, the reason that I invite some of the, the leaders, not only at the state, federal, uh, and, and local levels to come on, uh, essentially, uh, is to give them a chance to hear what your concerns are. And like anything else, um, one of the things that I learned a long time ago, if you treat people respectfully, even if you might disagree with them or they might disagree with you, you at least open up a line of conversation. So um, to those who you know try to use um, these opportunities for their own narrow uh, concerns, I, I allowed the first... Uh, gentleman Michael from Holliston to raise the issue about the uh, unionization of the legislative um, staff at the state house, but I'm not going to have four or five callers um, deal with that because there are other issues that are of broader concern. So um, again, we will have other leaders, and we'll have I hope the Senate President back on again. But again, just realize that uh, this is an opportunity for you to to ask legitimate questions, and there were several legitimate questions last hour. So to those callers, I say thank you very much. Now, I want to um, open up a conversation uh, that's a pretty sensitive conversation, uh, and it's a, a guest who was on this program several years ago, I'm, I'm guessing five, maybe six years ago, Dr. Roger Klieger um, of uh, Cape Cod. Uh, Dr. Klieger, welcome back to Nightside. How are you? Good, Dan. I'm excited to be back to talk to your audience about helping them to have a choice to limit their suffering at their end of life. And yes, as you and, said, and, it is a very sensitive topic. Yes. Um, and how are you doing, by the way, these days? How are you doing physically? I am doing well. I've had cancer for 20 years, as you may recall. Yes, I do. Yeah. And I, I, I thought I was going down for the count a few years ago. Yeah. And I've been really, really fortunate and bounced back. Um, it's kind of like a yo-yo. I have, you know, a period of time where I go down and I come up, and I realize that that's that I am just so fortunate to be able to come up because so many people, when they start to head down, they never get a chance to uh, come back up. So I'm kind of, you know, a, a unicorn. I think is the uh, <laughs> phrase. Where I, I well, just you know, survived. My doctor kind of shakes his head. Yeah, we'll we'll conti continue to be strong. For those who do not know you, you are. Um, it's been reported you're 70 years old. You're a retired physician, which I think is important. Um, and you have been dealing with prostate cancer for uh, quite some time. Uh, at one point, it was stage four. Is it has it, were you? I'm not familiar enough with the diagnosis of, of, of that particular cancer. I certainly realize it affects a lot of men and, and, and affects a lot of men who are minority and something that, that everybody needs to be getting their PSA checked after a certain period of time. Um, 
are you still stage four or has the therapy um, been able to to make it you know less no less I still have cancer in my body I'm still stage four okay. I've kind of gone to the end of stage four and I bounce back that's what I was talking about okay it's gotcha okay unusual. that's okay okay that's okay um, so so there was a um, a case argued in front of the Massachusetts State Supreme Court uh, in March. Uh, and uh, the, the headline of the story is, Will Massachusetts Legalize Medically Assisted Death? State court, um, highest court, here's the arguments. That decision will not be made probably until sometime this summer. Um, just to put it in perspective, um, there are those when they hear the phrase, um, medically assisted death, uh, they will confuse it or they will think, well, we're talking assisted suicide. And I know that there's an important distinction that, that you uh, and, um, and the organization that I think has been supportive of you all this time uh, wants to make. So why don't we try to just start with the basics uh, of what you would like to see become legally available to individuals and to their physicians in Massachusetts? So what I would like is called medical aid in dying. And it's a practice in which a mentally capable adult with a prognosis of less than six months to live, someone who's eligible for hospice, requests from their doctor a, requ a prescription that they may self-ingest to bring about a peaceful death. So that's the bottom line. I'm just asking for people to have a choice at their end of life so that they don't suffer so more they, than they, they want to. So they would, would they be advised by the doctor or would they have to initiate the conversation with the doctor? They have to initiate it. They're not allowed to be coerced. It's a, uh, according to the law, it's a felony. Uh, to coerce someone, mm -hmm. um, and it has to be brought up by the person um, when they're dealing with issues. You know, they um, almost everyone is who has used this, and this is available in 22% of the country in 10 states in the District of Columbia. 90-plus percent of the people are on hospice. You know, so these are people who have gone through all their treatments and are just, you know, at the end of their life. There's really no financial consideration about this. And, you know, they're just, you know, feeling like they're um, tomorrow's worse than today. And yeah. today's been really awful. Um, so I don't know if your audience knows, but like most many, many people who die die with uncontrolled pain more than a quarter of people even with medical treatment they're dying and they're still having pain that can't be controlled and many many 21 percent die with uncontrolled shortness of breath so these aren't people who are just you know not thinking about what's happening they're seeing what's happening they're dealing with the reality and they're asking you know is there a better way for me to die Okay, uh, and just, again, you know this subject very well, and I think it's important for our audience um, to know that medical aid in dying is legal in California, Colorado, as you mentioned, the District of Columbia, Hawaii, Montana, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, 
Oregon, Vermont, and Washington State. So those are two New England state plus two New England states plus the District of Columbia and eight other states. And as you said, it covers about 22 percent of the population. So you and another doctor filed a lawsuit against the Attorney General as well as the District Attorney here, well, the Attorney General Moore Healy and the District Attorney Michael O'Keefe um, after a Superior Court judge dismissed their your lawsuit in 2018. Now, um, this, I think, was on the ballot, if I'm not mistaken, in 2012. I hope it wasn't back then when we were talking about it, but it was a very close vote. 49% of the public in, 2009, in 2012 voted in favor of allowing medical aid in dying, while 51% voted against it. Um, how was it that, that you and Dr. Alan Steinbeck um, ended up filing a case? Uh, was he looking to prescribe something for you, and, and that's how you and he uh, established standing? Alan and I know each other. We live in the same town. Um, I, you know, wanted, want to have the option at my end of life because my cancer tends to be really bad at the end of life yep. to be able to have some medication to end my suffering. Right. Alan um, wanted to be able to prescribe for people, not me. He's not my doctor. Okay. Um, you know, so it's just you know we are like-minded in this. So, so what was what was what was it that allowed you and he procedurally to get into court? Is what I'm trying to understand. You, you had, okay. a, had a you wanted you sued uh, Attorney General Healy and the DA down in the Cape and the Islands, right? Right. Um, and the so, DA had said that he'd charge us with murder if we um okay. you know tried to proceed so with you so, so we we, you were essentially were trying to court. enjoin you, you were trying to enjoin um law enforcement from taking any any action against um you or any doctor that would have prescribed for you is that so when i was in practice i had people who asked me to help them to die and I felt like I couldn't do it. And I know what other doctors go through. You know, they have people who ask them, please help me die. I don't want to suffer anymore. Yeah. And I know that most doctors, you know, will not want to give a prescription to help someone to die if they might end up going into prison um, for manslaughter or something sure. along those yeah. lines. So I have a disease that at some point in time I will need to have medical aid in dying yeah. um, as a possibility. So I was asking the court, you know, saying that, you know, this is likely to be coming. My cancer was at a m much worse point at that stage. Um, and the court gave us what's called standing. And Alan wanted the ability to be able to prescribe for patients. Gotcha. And, you know, yeah. I... I I talk with people all the time. I've had tens of people who have asked me to help them get yeah. medical aid okay. in dying. You know, there it's out there. Okay, so let's let's take a break. Um, uh, again, I, I I try to explain this, and you've explained it very well. Um, my guest is Dr. Robert Kliegler. Um, he is a 70-year-old retired physician who is dealing with stage four prostate cancer. He has been. Um, waging this battle now for several years uh, and um, this is uh, 
illegal in Massachusetts. Um, there was a state referendum, a ballot question that narrowly was defeated in 2012. Um, we will continue our conversation, and if you'd like to weigh in, I can invite you to get on the line early, 617-254-1030, 888-929-1030. My name is Dan Ray. This is Nightside. We're dealing with a very sensitive issue, uh, and uh, but we're going to treat it like adults, and I hope all of you will as well. If you have an opinion one way or the other as you listen to Dr. Kliegler, or if you have questions, you're welcome to join the conversation. The line that is always available as well is 617-931-1030. My name is Dan Ray. This is Nightside. Be back right after these messages. Now, back to Dan Ray, live from the Window World Nightside Studios on WBZ News Radio. My guest is Dr. Roger Kliegler. Um, he's a retired physician who's dealing and has been dealing with stage four prostate cancer. For how many years, Roger, have, have you been dealing with this? I, I was know diagnosed you've been. At, you know, how long? I'm sorry. 20 years when I was 50. 20 years. Um, let me ask you a really personal question. If you don't want to answer it, that's fine. Um, okay. But do you think there would have been times in the last 20 years where if this law was on the books or you had the ability to have done this, you actually would have done this? Absolutely not. Most people who get medical aid and dying don't want to die. They okay. just don't want to suffer. So my, you know, when my metastasis bothered me, they weren't bad enough that, you know, I'd say, oh, you know, this isn't going to get better, and they were gotcha. able to be treated. I've had okay. five courses of radiation that have helped me. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that because it would have been horrible if you had told me that, you know, ten years ago you were ready to pull the ripcord, as it were, um, and you've had. I hope some quality of life in the last since the last time you and I talked, for example, back five or six I years have ago. Had, I have had a great life, and this is the way most people are, and it's a, it's a fallacy. People say, oh, you get the diagnosis of cancer and you want to die. People don't get a diagnosis and they want to die. They want to live, and they, wanna, they just don't want to suffer. And so, you know, that's the real issue is when we get to the point and we know that we're at hospice and at the end of life, we're on hospice. We know that today's the best day of the rest of our life and today's really horrible and we just can't handle it anymore. About a third of people, actually more than that, who get the medications in other states never take it. The, no, it's um, not that they're in a rush to die. Sure. They are not. The Superior Court judge in, in this case is quoted in the article. Her name is Judge Mary Ames. Um, and, and she wrote that medical assistance in dying, quote, raises difficult moral, societal, and government issues, uh, questions, the resolution of which require the type of robust public debate the courts are ill-suited to accommodate. So her decision essentially said this is not a matter for the court's to de- de- deal with, and I guess that's the issue that the state Supreme Court ultimately is going to be deciding sometime later this summer. Um, I, I I know that there are going to be people on both sides of the issue who strongly view this this issue. What do you say to those who say, "Look, you know, only nature or God or whomever it is." should decide the end of someone's natural life. 
Um, what's what's what? What do you, I'm sure people have have raised that issue with you before. So I'm no, I know that's not a surprise question. That's not a surprise question. I just heard it today, um, and the answer is that you know each person should be able to decide what their religious view is. And for people who feel that their religious view does not mean that they have to die with suffering and pain, um, you know, they should not have to do it. For people who say, this is part of my life, and, you know, as a good whatever their Fill religion in the blank, is, yep. sure. I, yeah, I, I want to go ahead and do it that way. I'm fine with that, but I don't want them telling me, I don't want them telling you how you have to die. And as a doctor, I never, ever, ever had a patient who wanted to suffer more. They always came and said, yo, I'm in pain, I'm in suffering, I'm having this issue or that issue. What can you do to help me? And sometimes it was incurable pain and we would put them on a morphine drip to the point where they're unconscious and they would die more quickly, which is legal and we can do now, but they were really suffering yeah. and they were very thankful to be able to get that help. I, th I think it's frightening for people to think that they would be in a situation where um, the level of pain would be so intense in their final days that their doctors or the hospital could not at least control the pain. I mean, that's one of the things that I think most people, when you hear someone is at death's door or, you know, is has only a few days left, I think the first thought that comes to people people's minds is, well, have has the pain been controlled? I asked that about a friend of mine a month ago. Um, you, so there are circumstances where pain cannot be controlled medically? Right. Right, it can't be controlled without making the person unconscious. There's an article about someone who's in palliative care at Dana-Farber at Brigham and Women's and they couldn't get the person under control. You know, and it, they just had a bad death and they talked about it. This could have been a good death, but it was a bad death. So at the best, I consider, you know, the best hospital, the best doctors, are not able to control it you know it just it happens mm -hmm. and it shouldn't happen i mean i'm all about people having autonomy and control over the issues that are important to them i don't think that the government should be involved that we should really be able to have people not suffer if they don't want to suffer obviously there are guardrails that are needed but, uh, you know, it really should be between a doctor and a patient, how they want to end their lives and what type of pain they're willing to accept at the end of life, because it's coming for all of us. You know, none of us get out of here alive. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I, I try not to think about that, but I've certainly have heard that. My guest is Dr. Roger Kliegler. Um, I think you know the issue. Feel free. We're going to open up the phone lines. If you're on already, we'll take you first up. 617-254-1030, 888-929-1030. And also that, um, that line that you can sneak in on sometimes is 617-931-1030. My name is Dan Ray. we got the news break at the bottom of the hour. It's 931. Back with Dr. Roger Kliegler talking about, again, the end-of-life issues, the 
there's no more issue that is probably fraught with more emotion than what we're talking about tonight and I appreciate him taking the time and I'll appreciate hearing from all of you back on Nightside right after this you're on Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ Boston's News Radio. My guest, Dr. Roger Kliegler. Um, he has been fighting this battle for several years. Uh, it is now uh, up to the state Supreme Court, who is likely to come with a judicial decision sometime later this year, probably in early summer. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about it. Let's start it off with um, one of my. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My most thoughtful caller, Steve in Cambridge. Steve, welcome. First this hour with Dr. Roger Kliegler on Nightside. Go ahead, Steve. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, doctor. Uh, a lot of people in the medical profession are against uh, what is called physician-assisted suicide. Uh, they feel since the days of Hippocrates, uh, physicians have been enjoined from doing this and that if they begin to do it, it will have a tremendous change on the medical profession. That med Physicians are supposed to support people's lives even when they are very, very um, sick and perhaps in pain. How would you respond to that? So you're, you're really citing okay. the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm, I guess, correct? Well, no, it says it specifically enjoins against uh, helping a patient commit suicide. Okay. Um, Dr. Kliegler? Okay, so there are actually three issues that he, that he brought up. First one is about physicians, and physicians, like everyone else, are in support of medical aid in dying. So when I started working on this project, we um, had Mass Medical was opposed to uh, medical aid in dying, and we had them do a survey of their members, and by two to one, they were in favor of having medical aid in dying. The second thing is that the um, when you're dealing with people who are suffering, it's not up to you or me to tell them what they have to suffer. It's up to the individual. And so taking care of your patient, and I took care of many patients for many years. I did hospice and palliative care. I did palliative sedation, helping people to die in uncontrolled pain. And I talk with many people about ending their lives. It's talking to them about what they want to do with their life, not with some oath um, that is no longer even used and um, is thousands of years old that prohibits things like surgery, you know, um, says. So you really um, have to uh, take a look at this. And then the third issue is whether this is suicide or not. So when people are dying at the very, very end of their lives and they decide that they can't take it anymore, it's very analogous to people who were, who were about to die in the World Trade Center and decided to jump from the World Trade Center on 9-11. Usually people jump from a building and say, oh, that's suicide. 
But these people died, and it had to be determined how they died. And the medical examiner of New York, you know, looked at it and said, these people had two choices. They were either going to die in the fire or the collapse of the building, or they're going to jump. Either way, they didn't intend to die. People with medical aid and dying don't want to die. They just don't want to suffer. The people at on 9-11 were victims of terrorism, and the people who die with medical aid and dying die of their diseases. One more argument that I'd like to make quickly, if I may, yeah. is can you see how a man who is in a hospital with no hope for a cure, no supportive family members, and is in pain, says to himself, well, I'm occupying a bed that could be occupied by someone else. I have a duty to die. And a lot of people are saying that there are people who have a duty to die. Can you see how that could become a pressure to commit suicide? So this has been around for 24 years that it's been legal in this um, country, and this has really not happened. So you can throw up what, what I call a straw man and say, could this possibly happen or could that possibly happen? But people don't do that. People don't want to die. And if people do want to die and they have a psychiatric problem, there's also, there's also a law that's being considered by the legislature right now, and then that the people have to have a mandatory uh, psychiatric evaluation to make sure that they're making a good decision for themselves. So I don't want to substitute my judgment for them, but as a physician, when most people start to talk about the issue of medical aid and dying, only about one in six people end up getting a prescription. The doctor is able to help them to figure out what the issue was so that they don't end up using it. And in states that have medical aid and dying, there's much better use of hospice. Doctors have to learn how to talk to patients better about end-of-life issues. And more people start to die at home where they want to. And there's better care for all. And there's virtually an end to people who are terminally ill killing themselves, which is what happens now when there aren't options and people say, I can't do this. I can't suffer with it. They'll take a gun and shoot themselves or have a car accident or take an overdose of medication all, you know, far away from their loved ones and their family because they don't want to have them implicated in this and have them arrested. So, you know, this isn't a benign issue for those of us who don't want or for those who may not want to use it. This will actually help them as well to get better care. All right, Steve, I'm not sure physicians are capable of making these kinds of decisions uh, rather than society in general. All right, Steve. Uh, we'll thank you, Dan. Thank so you, Doctor. Thank you very much. Thoughtful question. You're welcome. Appreciated. Uh, one of my better calls. Let me go to Joe in Lynn. Joe, you were next on Nice Side. Hey, Dr. Doctor. Roger I hope Cleveland. I'm glad to meet you. I hope I'm one of your better calls too, Dan. <laughs> Just teasing. Yep. I know. Hi, Doctor. It's Joe here. I'm visually impaired. I have no family. I agree with you, and I think I have an audio, and I had a video. I lost the, the MP4, but anyway, of I don't know whether you heard death and by dignity in Switzerland, and it was done proper 
pleasant with people there. His family was surrounding. He drank the medicine. He knew it. They discussed it. If the doctor didn't feel she should do it, then uh, he would go home. And the lady spent as much time with her husband after he died. And I think we should have the right. There's always going to be difficulty. I'm still for the Hippocratic Oath, but in this case, you are correct. It doesn't apply. Uh, I feel that way. I don't care. I I don't believe I'll burn in the in a fire if if I have to do this. But I think, and this is why people do shoot themselves or take their lives. I think physicians, good physicians, should have the right to do this. And I like your comment. I think you and I are on the same page. That's okay. I'm sure that he's he's happy to hear from you, Joe. Um, yep. Michael, go right ahead. Yeah. So I I agree with you, Joe. It, it's really a question of having the physician taking care of the patient and trying to take care of patients' needs. And you and I are both members of the disability community. And the disability community, you know, when it's surveyed, supports this as well. Oh, I didn't know you have a disability. Oh, oh I, God, yeah, I've got just about uh, everything wrong with me. Um, well, but, you know, you, you keep on soldiering <laughs> on. You try and do what you yeah, can. Yeah, I know. Right, but I am for, yeah, yes, you, but I, you, I am you hear me. Yeah, I'm for, doctor. I am for death with dignity. If the patient wants to go like they do in Switzerland, do you feel that way also? I'm just curious. I think you do. I do. I mean, Switzerland has different rules, and I'm more for the rules that we're having here, you know, which is a patient uh, has to be terminally ill, they have to be mentally capable, they have to have two different doctors, they need to be um, evaluated that they don't have impaired judgment, they need to be able to self-ingest, and then it's voluntary, all those things. Yeah. It's somewhat different in um well, here's, here's my view. I feel if you've reached your end, even though you may not have a terminal illness, that is still your right. Now, you may or may not agree, but that's okay. That is I don't think that Dr. Kliegler uh, would be on board to that extent. Dr. Kliegler. Okay, that's, that's okay, Dan. No, I Canada, just want to make it clear. That's all. Sure, sure. No worries. Canada is tr is going to legis trying to legislate that if you suffer from PTSD or, or I because I I have a friend that suffers from depression right, and she right. has often I think Dr. talked Kligler, to me about Joe, Joe. What I want to do is yeah. I want to put some guardrails on here, and I think Dr. Kliegler referred to it. Um, you would have to be uh, terminated yeah, okay. within six months yeah. uh, of of death. Um, okay. But I, I just, I just hope he understands. I, I feel both ways. That yeah, the no, way he does. You're more, you're yeah. more expansive than he is. I get that, Joe. <laughs> okay. I'm I just don't want to confuse the audience. Okay. No, no worries. Okay. All right, thank thanks, you. Joe. Take Appreciate care, it. Doctor Kliegler. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank Back you. Back for final segment, Doctor Roger Kliegler, uh, right here on Nightside. If you're on the line, great. If you're not, six one seven two five four ten thirty triple eight nine two nine ten thirty. We may, Doctor Kliegler will stay with us until um, nine fifty eight. Uh, so if you're on the line, we'll get you in. Um, we may continue this conversation into the next hour as well. We'll be back on Nightside right after this. Now back to Dan Ray, live from the Window World Nightside Studios on WBZ News Radio. Okay, folks, try to get everybody in. Let me go next to Ohio. Father Gabriel joins us. Father Gabriel, if I recall correctly, you are uh, an ordained Catholic priest? Yes, I have talked to you before. Thanks for taking my call. 
You're welcome. Say hi to Dr. Roger Kliegler. I'm, I suspect you're probably going to disagree with him. Go right ahead. Yes, very strongly. I actually was a resident of Boston at the time in 2012 when that bill came up and failed, and I voted against it. I don't know anyone that voted for it. The fundamental problem with the argument here is it, it has nothing to do with suffering. Certainly, we ought to have compassion for people that are suffering, but you can call this what you want. It doesn't change the fact it's suicide. The very word suicide is from Latin meaning killing yourself, just like fratricide means killing your brother and homicide means killing another human yep. being. No, we're familiar with the derivation of the word. Um, uh, Dr. Kliegler would, would disagree with you, I think, on that. Is that correct, Dr. Kliegler? Yeah, so what I'd like to say is I, you know, I went to a Jesuit school. I'm a graduate of Georgetown, and I'm very familiar with the Catholic approach to medical aid and dying. And while the hierarchy is opposed to it, two-thirds of Catholics or more want to have this. So I, I recognize it, and I feel for people who don't want to have this, if every Catholic didn't want to have medical aid and dying, I'm fine with this. But for people of different religious persuasions, I feel that it should be an option. And just because the father feels that it's wrong for him and wrong for his parishioners, I'm all for that. But I just think that, you know, other people of different persuasions should be able to do it. And if he wants to call it suicide, he can call it suicide. I call it mercy. And, you know, I think that we should have mercy in our in our hearts and in our world. And that part of the mercy of giving people who are suffering in pain and suffering the ability to end their pain and suffering. And I know that a, a number of Catholics have told me that they feel that suffering at the end of life is God's will and that they should not do anything to interfere with it. And if that's the way that they feel, I'm okay with it, but I don't think that the, that those of us who feel differently should have to live our lives as, you know, in the Catholic um, tradition. Well, this is what I mean by a fundamental flaw in the argument is your argument is essentially that what's right for me is not right for you. What's wrong for me is not wrong for you. And you are tearing down the whole fabric of our legal system of our there there is no basis on which you can have laws in a country unless you recognize a higher law divine law that is the basis for all just law well father father with all due respect i think that uh, <laughs> i think that you and uh and uh dr Kliegel could have a long argument uh about this but i think that both of you have stated your clear positions, and I, I think I need to leave it at that because I'd like to get some other callers in as well. I, I don't mean to be rude, um, but I think the church's I position is on this and other issues is... Listening, I, I do think that is the very issue that needs to be discussed, though. But thank you for listening. Well, thank you, Father. I appreciate it very much that you would listen out in Ohio. We'll talk again. Uh, let me go to Joe in Kingston. Joe, you are next on Night Saga. Right ahead. Yeah, hello, Dan. Hi, and hello, Doctor. Uh, hello. 
I think I understand your your view on this. You think that people should make their own decision, and that's what I believe. Freedom of choice, not some damn politician getting into my space and telling me what I should be doing or not be doing. And in order to make this happen, the doctors should be given a law that allows them to uh, fulfill their patient's request. All right. Well, this is the, a very supportive um, call call for you, Dr. Kligler. Quick comment? Yeah, Joe, I, I, I agree with you. Obviously, we're trying to get a law passed through the legislature. It's Senate Bill 1384, an act relative to end-of-life option. It's in uh, Senator Spilka's um, uh camp right now and we are trying to get it through to give appropriate safeguards so that people are not abused but so that people are able to decide i should also say that in montana they passed this through their courts it's not passed they made a legislative decision the same question that we're asking and i'm hoping that our courts will say we have the right to be able to um, work with our physician, and you know, if we're suffering at the end of life, our physicians can take care of us. Well, well, we'll see. We'll certainly see by summer's end. Hey, Joe, I appreciate it. I don't mean to cut you short here, but I'd like to get a couple more in real quickly. Okay, I'll make it up yeah, to you goodbye. next time. Thank you. Have a great night. Let me go to um, Emily and Wubert. Emily, I'd like to get you and Samantha both in. Your your thoughts, your comments on this, Emily. Yes, I have a question for Dr. Kegler, and thank you for taking my call. I would like to know if the law that you're proposing passes, uh, what would the responsibility be, the professional responsibility be, of the doctor who morally is against uh, prescribing this medication to kill the patient? What about the doctor's um, feelings? So the doctor does not have to be involved. They can't abandon their patient, you know, just as they can't, you know, in any other circumstance. Um, but they can say, you know, that this is something that I am opposed to. I don't want to be involved in this. And they have a past. Same thing goes with the pharmacist. So it's voluntary for the person, it's voluntary for the doctor, and it's voluntary for the pharmacist. Involved. I'm sure, Emily, that in those circumstances, and you do you do phrase an interesting situation, that there would be other doctors who would be prepared to step into the breach. Is that right, Dr. Kigler? Would there be yeah. any, any, any uh, legal action against that doctor if he said he would not prescribe No, no, there would medicine? not be. That's what Dr. Kligler said, Emily. And okay, thank you. Thank you for clarifying Great. that. Okay, I'm going to get I, I, one more in for Dr. with Samantha in Nashville, New Hampshire. Samantha, got about a minute left. What can you do with it? Hi. Hi, Samantha. It's Dan. I was a guest on your show a while back. Okay. I was just calling back to comment on and I agree 100%. And I think that they should do it for mental illness also if the patient has been dealing with depression or most of their life and wants to end it peacefully and cleanly, so to speak, um, that I do believe that when you're terminally ill and if you're also mentally ill, but not mentally ill, like 
last six months, I'm talking like mentally ill for the last like five, six years, been through counseling, done the medication, and done everything else. And that person is still having the suicidalness with them. I do believe that someone should have that opportunity. Okay, um, Samantha, you called like, in really late. You're a veteran of the show. You know that I got the 10 o'clock oh, news. I know, so I'm sorry. No problem. Call earlier and give you more time. But the 10 o'clock news waits for no one, me or the callers. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Dr. Klieger, thank you very much. I I wish you comfort um, in in your suffering, and we'll continue to call this, uh, follow this story, and uh, I'm sure we'll probably have you on when that decision comes down sometime in the summertime. Thank you very much for such a clear explanation in your time tonight. Thank you so much for having me on, and I look forward to returning again. All right. Dr. Roger Kliegler, when we come back, we're going to um, change topics. Going to give you a little bit of a review on some of the things I did over the weekend. I met a bunch of you this weekend, which should be a lot of fun to, uh, to recount. Coming back after the 10. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.